following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the huge show across Michigan. And download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code HUGE to get in on all of the action, including Michigan and TCU out in Arizona. What about Georgia and Ohio State? Pistons, Wings, and those Red Hot Lions. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code HUGE when you sign up to get the hookup. It is a Moneyline Monday, presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the huge show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. You ready? Now, let's go to the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Studio with the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is time to get together on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show. We are live. Getting set to drop huge opinions on that first half debacle by Michigan. Second half, they look like a team that could win it all. Problem was the first half. Also in the second half, not able to make a tackle. The way the game ended on a muffed shotgun snap. The inconsistency by Michigan across the board. My Lord. You know, I settled in at the Brands Steakhouse and Grill Johnny Brands on Leonard off of 131 in downtown Grand Rapids. Their new redesign is fantastic. And I didn't think it would, you know, I, I'm, I still said like 38-24 Michigan, something like that when I'm talking to my buddies. And just the way they started. They had the big run by Edwards. You're like, okay, here we go. By the way, if you look at that replay, if Edwards just cuts back to the middle, uh, he's gone. Safety was coming in with an angle. He was gone. And then they get to the goal line. And they decide on a fourth down call, which I didn't have that much issue going for it at the time. I know some were saying take the three. No, you want to get the touchdown. You run some trick play at the goal line. And as TCU players said afterwards, once they ran a trick play at the goal line, we knew we had them. And then the infamous call where somebody sent me the college football rule that if you do get possession, it is where you first touched in terms of the butt, knee, elbow, whatever. So that was the right call from a rule somebody sent me. But again, they could be photoshopping it and it could be a Michigan State fan. That was just a crazy day. It was. They looked dead in the water, flat. You still thought, okay, uh, they have a shot in the second half. Third quarter, they just brought it. They battled back. Then TCU pulled away. Then Michigan cut it to three. And then the missed tackle, touchdown. Mm. Targeting was the right call at the end, but they didn't call it. I don't know why. Usually college football sides with anything close to targeting. So it was, you know, 
A game that, if you're Michigan, why did it take so long to have design runs for J.J.? Why didn't he tuck it and run? Why didn't he, on the run-pass option, pull it? Or even sometimes on the option, pull it and just go the other way where there is nothing but green for 50 yards between him and the end zone? I mean, that entire game... You could just feel like Michigan was chasing, chasing, chasing. And then you get a muff snap at the end. Mm. I just, uh, I, the coaches, the players, outcoached, outplayed. I had a former player text me, outcoached, outplayed. That was it. And I thought TCU, uh, their coaches, uh, the three-three-five confused the Michigan offensive line. They didn't know who to block at times. And they're the best offensive line in America. J.J. would not run until the second half. I, I don't get that. You know, J.J. McCarthy isn't going to be Peyton Manning or Tom Brady in the NFL. His legs is part, or are part, of his arsenal, right? His legs aren't all it. You know, he throws a good deep ball. I also don't know why is every Michigan pass. You know, that game was a lot like the season. Problem is they were playing a solid TCU team and they couldn't recover. Where every pass was long. You know, every every time they're going for the home run. And I get when you're down and you're chasing points. But how about a, a, a short drop? Two-step, three-step drop, turn, throw, bell on a slant. Where, where is that? You know, you're, you're bringing in Mullins, and he fumbles at the goal line. You know, you, you put the ball in the hands of, I think it was, was it Loveland to throw it, and a tight end, whoever it was on the dipsy do play, because I'm so irritated, I'm just yelling at the screen at Johnny Brand's On Leonard, and then Mullins comes in and he fumbles, and I know he scored a touchdown later on that same play call. But it just was what? What are you doing, Harbaugh? What what are your assistants doing? There was no urgency. There was no fire. And then this this is the college football playoff semifinals. This was the redemption game. I don't need to hear afterwards, well, we're going to be back. You were back if you're Michigan. You were back. And you were flat and unprepared last year. And yeah, we all talked about how great Georgia's defense was. So they got a pass. Oh, they never would have beat that Georgia team. Look at all the NFL talent they had. So now it's like, oh, we'll be back. You were back. And TCU showed in the second half. They don't have that great of a defense, but they made plays. They were a good football team, well-coached, leader at quarterback, who used his legs to keep drives alive. And I'm screaming in the first half, run, J.J., run. And then what happens in the second half? He runs, and here goes the offense. Because now you're a defender. You don't know if he's going to run. You step up, he throws, and it's a touchdown. It's just football 101. And I was thinking, oh, my God, if J.J. leads them back and they win this thing, he's a living God. 
And what you have is a quarterback who still is a work in progress his first year as a starter. And he did lead them to a win at Columbus. And he took them to the Final Four. And he did rally in the second half when Michigan got their heads out of their rears. But they still couldn't make a tackle on the edge. And I thought TCU exposed their lack of speed on the edge. The Michigan defensive ends didn't play well. Think about, uh, uh, and I was talking with my friend who played at Michigan, who said out, coached, out, played. Name a Michigan defensive lineman who made a big play in that game. Name one. I just, mm. you can go back and look and you can say what you want to about JJ, about the play call on the trick play at the goal line about Mullins fumble. But you can look at the fact that they gave up 51. So minus two pick sixes, 37. It's still a big number. It's still a really big number. Coulda, woulda, shouldas. I know you can't go back and change anything, but damn it, J.J. McCarthy needs to run to be a successful D1 college quarterback. For Michigan to win a college football playoff game, you're going to need J.J. McCarthy to run. So if Michigan bottled what they did in the second half, that's, that's the offense that they need to win a championship. That's it. That's what they need. I just like run. You could see the holes. You're screaming. You're just going, run, JJ. I mean, pull it. You see, like three or four times, the dude could have walked in from 50 yards out. I mean, look at Michigan. They scored 39 in the second half. TCU is not that good. They scored 39. 39. And it wasn't really dominating. It was kind of like, oh, wait a minute. They just scored 24 in the third. The teams combined for 44 in the third quarter. Those two pick sixes. Why, why are you throwing that ball, J.J.? Again, what about safe calls on a slant? Or if you want to throw deep, throw deep. They pick it off, it's in the end zone, it's at the 10-yard line, whatever. That first half, my God. Because you look at the numbers. What I just said, 39 and a half. You tell me, uh, if we go to Saturday at 345... And I'm at Johnny Brands, and someone said, Michigan will score 39 points and a half and lose. I, I swear, I would have taken the keys to my truck. I would have, anything you wanted, I would have bet you. 39 points and a half, and they lose. And then uh, the New Year's celebration continues with Denny Middleton and Mac Middleton, one of our backup producers, and Swaz and the crew, right? So we go from Johnny Brands, we go to Putt-Putts over on the west side of GR, and I I think you may remember this too, Superfly, 
The countdown to midnight is going right when Ohio State's lining up the kick, right? Because people are looking like at the clock on the on the kick, and they're counting down, and it's off. And then somebody's going, "Wait a minute! What was the New Year's clock? That's a damn field goal clock in the Peach Bowl." Oh, six, five. Wait, it's over here. It's hey, you're looking at the ball, not the football, the ball. And then when Ohio State missed it, the roar from the crowd, that was the Michigan fan base saying, thank you, football gods, because if Ohio State was in the championship game and they beat TCU, that is a lifetime marker that the Michigan fan would have to live with forever. I'm telling you, when when Ohio State shanked that, the place erupted, like it was Michigan on the other side of the ball. Because I had tweeted out, at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook, if Ohio State, and they were leading by 11 at the time, if they would have beat Georgia, and I think in the championship game, they would have hammered. They would have put up 60 on TCU. Might have won the game 60 to 50, but they're going to win the game. Oh my God, the Michigan fan, they would be scarred for life. That you rode them in Columbus, that you put up 39 in the second half against TCU, but the Buckeyes are going to raise that national championship trophy in L.A. Oh, you think Michigan State likes to burn couches. That would have been Michigan gear being burned up and down streets in Michigan. It's already miserable to look back at the game, which, by the way, Superfly, I... I, I DVR'd it, and I must have missed it. Everybody was texting me that my voice was at the beginning of the intro of the pregame show. You remember when they took uh, audio, ESPN asked Dave Taft from iHeart Grand Rapids, who is the guy with Tim Fagan and Brett Makita. They run 96 won the game, our flagship station. It was about two weeks ago, 10 days ago. They asked for some audio of me talking about Michigan TCU. And it was like this as a quality team, a team of destiny, and they used it with the hype video. They used it for the everybody. I got a hundred texts saying, "Oh my!" and some tweets and listeners. Your voice was right there to start the Michigan hype video. And I so I I DVR'd the game anyways because I was going to be out and I got to review it and I only started it only gave me the start of the game. I didn't I didn't DVR. The pregame. So if anybody, if anybody DVR'd that and has the audio, just email it to us. I look Superfly online. It's not like because my voice was on it and it's national TV that I spent three to seven hours searching for my voice on it. I'm hoping maybe it was it wasn't the start of the game because they had the buffer guy like, you know, all right, I'm tired of that. You want to rumble this. Why don't you rumble on this? Yeah, so people are like, hey, unbelievable. You're worldwide the start of the game. And then what happens, Michigan fans say that I jinxed them because my voice was there to start the college football playoff semifinal. (laughs) Because of my voice being used. Hey, they took a bunch of audio and they chose me. We got to look for it, Superfly. I, I thought about asking 
maybe the local ABC affiliate in Grand. Was the game on ABC, ESPN? It was, wasn't it? Both. Or asked half of the people who did it, right? And I DVR'd it, but it only DVR'd to start the game. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to watch this game again. So I didn't think to DVR, and I wasn't doing it. I I never heard they were going to use my voice. And I remember Dave Taff from my heart, Grand Rapids, saying, well, you, they have your permission. Yeah, use what they want to use. Like to start the game, they said. Man. Damn. We don't have the, you don't have it? You have the audio you sent them, right? But I want, they probably got music underneath it, right? We'll put that on the hot pad, the audio, because I don't know what audio, I forget what it was that we sent them. So our Bud Light huge question of the day, good and bad from the Michigan game, good would be the second half, bad. You, you can line up what's number one for you. You can join in, one 838 That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. Also opted on the HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21,000. All of our social network interaction presented by the Denver Nuggets G League basketball team, the Grand Rapids Gold. They're at home tonight. Big home uh, schedule, home stand, if you want to call it, with the Grand Rapids Gold. Some great specials, including $2 beers and $2 dogs happening on Thursday at Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. Top shelf basketball. Uh, they're at home tonight. Uh, tickets available at Ticketmaster.com, Van Andel Arena box office, and also just search uh, Grand Rapids Gold. On the way, Anthony Broom uh, will join us. We'll get his thoughts on the Michigan loss. Also, Michigan basketball. No one saw that coming when they did the Maryland yesterday. Everybody was locked in on Michigan TCU the day after. And the Lions. They're putting up 30-point games right there with the Bills and the Chiefs. They're one of the best offensive units in the NFL. But because Seattle beat the Jets, they not only have to win at Lambeau, but they have to have Seattle lose to the Rams. So we're... You know, I and I'm watching the way Green Bay is playing right now and what they did to the Vikings, who are the most overrated team in the NFL. And we're waiting on the Green Bay game time. I, my belief is I think they're going to flex it to Sunday night football and Seattle will play the Rams before them. So that game could be the winner is in. Green Bay's in regardless. If they beat the Lions and Seattle can't get in. But if Seattle loses to the Rams, then the Lions can get in by beating Green Bay in Green Bay. Then you have, if Seattle loses, or if Seattle wins, it doesn't matter because Green Bay then gets in automatically. Right, So Green Bay beats Detroit, they're in. They control their destiny. Lions need help. They got it from Washington on Sunday, but they need Seattle to lose to the Rams. So if Seattle would beat the Rams, 
then that game is about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers winning to get in. I really think it's going to be the Sunday night game. We'll get the details. I know they made Kansas City and Vegas Saturday at 4.30 on ABC. Tennessee and Jacksonville playing for the AFC South on Saturday night on ABC. And I'm trying to think any other games that would flex to Sunday night in front of the Lions and the Packers. Hmm. I don't really see it. I, I really think the Lions and the Rams would play at 4 o'clock Michigan time so you would know. Because then if the Rams would beat Seattle, then that game is basically a playoff game between the Lions and the Packers if they move it to Sunday night at Lambeau. And you got Rodgers and you got Detroit, who's a young and upcoming team, high scoring I, I bet the Lions are going to get a ton of national TV games next year. Wouldn't surprise me. We'll keep you posted. They, I don't know if they're going to wait through the Monday night game tonight, but we should get those game times uh, momentarily. So a lot to get to. Bud Light, huge question of the day, good and bad. From the Lions' domination of the Bears, yeah, once, once Field stopped running as much, you could see he got banged up. And that changed the game. And Goff is just playing out of his mind. Jamal Williams was fantastic yesterday. Lions offensive line. Can't say enough. Uh, Gosh, James Houston. Uh, You look at Aiden Hutchinson living up to being the number two overall pick. Uh, Just a a D-line getting after it after that egg they laid on Christmas Eve. You know, from one and six uh, to at least until Seattle won. You saw their... You saw their... Detroit Lions logo there in a playoff spot, which is amazing considering where this team was at one and six. So good and bad from the Lions. Michigan's lost to TCU. Uh, Michigan hoops dominating Maryland. Nobody saw. I'm talking dominating. Was that like 44, 13 and a half? Whatever it was at Chrysler. It was crazy. Anthony Broom from the Wolverine.com will join us in a moment. Jeff Risden on the Lions playoff chances from LionsWire.com. And the Detroit Lions podcast, Clayton Safey, uh, was at the game in Phoenix. His thoughts on Michigan and the Harbaugh story. Uh, Nicole Auerbach from The Athletic, uh, Bruce Feldman, saying if Harbaugh is offered that Broncos job, they're hearing he's leaving. So the question is, when he had to take that pay cut, and he's a, he, he has a lot of stubborn pride inside of him, you're Harbaugh, and they made you take a pay cut. Will he go to the NFL as a privately said up yours back toward Manuel? I don't know. Hey, I've always said that, even going back to the flirtation with the NFL uh, in the spring of 2022. Uh, whatever is in Harbaugh's heart and head, it's his call, but reports are saying if offered the Broncos job, he'll take it. And that happened right when that season ended. You know, you got that story. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com had it, so we'll talk to Anthony about that. Risden, uh, his thoughts on it. Clayton Safey, uh, Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, co-host of the Michigan Football Podcast at the Wolverine.com, and Mike O'Hara from DetroitLines.com. To the callers online, stick around. Your huge opinions on Michigan, TCU, and the Lions are next. 
from Grand Rapids to Detroit. This show is huge. Dirty oil can easily wreak havoc on your vehicle's engine, so be sure to change the oil at recommended intervals. And for a motor oil that outperforms conventional and synthetic blends, try Mobile One, the full synthetic motor oil that keeps your engine running like new. Ask for Mobile One at your local Auto Value Auto Parts store. And don't forget to pick up a Wix XP oil filter to complete the job, because when it comes to oil changes, we've got you covered at Auto Value, where service is the difference. We get it. Have you been to a Grand Rapids Gold basketball game yet inside Van Andel Arena? They're the Denver Nuggets G League team, and they feature talent from Kentucky, Baylor, Stanford, Duke, and more. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or the Van Andel Arena box office. And don't forget their home game specials. Tuesdays, two-for-one tickets. Thursdays, $2 beers and $2 dogs. And the Sunday Family 4-Pack. Get four tickets and a $20 concession voucher for only 50 bucks. Get your Grand Rapids Gold tickets now. Get more for your money and kick off the new year with Meyer. Start your wellness journey with buy one, get one free vitamins or supplements. And enjoy delicious meals with deals like 80% lean ground beef for $2.99 per pound. Taylor Farm Salad Chopped Kits, two for $6. And Lean Cuisine or Stoker's Frozen Meals, just $2.48 with Emperks. Plus, pay the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in-store or online. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. We played for the thrill, that rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Huge show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer, as we originate from the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Hard Store Studio. Taking thoughts on Michigan losing the TCU. Lions need some help to make the playoffs, and they have to win against the hottest team in football right now, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. But they need Seattle to lose first. We're waiting on the game time. They won't be on Saturday, as I mentioned earlier. I'm guessing they're going to be the Sunday night NFL game. That's my guess. And that way the Rams and Seahawks would have played at 4 o'clock. Do want to give a congrats to Denise out of Goebbels, Michigan, for winning the trip of a lifetime contest. 
Thanks to Soren Eagle, Mount Pleasant, the Alumni Association of the University of Michigan, and all who entered, Denise and her husband, enjoy it. From Goebbels, Michigan, we'll be going to Georgia and a day at Augusta, plus getting some golf in in Savannah. It's a heck of a trip. Thanks to, I think, over 10,000 who entered. I think a little over 10,000 people who entered at michigansportsnetwork.com. Also, Marty Boer. Hey, boo-boo, I got a pick-a-nick a basket full of deals. He heads up to Michigan Sports Network. Good guy. I'll tell you, it's a letdown to discuss a Michigan loss when you spend an entire season outside of dissecting the weak non-conference schedule and the switch to J.J. McCarthy. There really wasn't a lot of drama. And all the second half domination. And we all said that, and I, I really felt the only way Michigan would lose to TCU is if they gave it away. And that's what they did. They had the first half. Two pick sixes. Yeah, you fumble at the goal line. You you try and run a crazy Oh my God. Oh. Then the bubble screen at the, the goal line before. Oh, Jesus. Man, crazy. And and now the story, Nicole Arobach and Bruce Feldman and other college football insiders are saying that if Harbaugh is offered the Broncos job, he's leaving. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com had a story uh, yesterday on that. I don't think he'll leave. He has a loaded team. But the one thing, and this goes back to when he flirted with Minnesota in the NFL after going to the college football playoff and winning the Big Ten and beating Ohio State a year ago, you know, being told to take that pay cut, the lack of support he had inside the University of Michigan with people still there, is that enough for the stubborn side of Harbaugh to say, no, I'm done? I don't know. That, that's, a, that, that's a Harbaugh call inside his heart and head. Every reporter, anybody can speculate. We can talk about it across Michigan. Anthony Broom from the Wolverine.com. Uh, set to join us on the Meyer guest line. So we got the Harbaugh situation, the loss to TCU, and Michigan basketball had the most unexpected 40 minutes of basketball ever in the history of the game. I did not see that coming yesterday. So let's start with priorities, Anthony. Uh, your thoughts on Harbaugh and that latest story uh, saying that he will take the job if offered in Denver how we go through this almost fever dream of a football season where you're right, there was very little drama. It was casual, casual expected dominance almost week in and week out. And then the Fiesta Bowl happens and it's quickly how everything kind of snaps back to uh, snaps back to what we're used to. It's the, the postseason woes. It's the Jim Harbaugh NFL rumors. And as far as this, these latest batch of rumors go, listen, um, you know, I don't have the intel one way or another to say what will happen. All I know is that for the longest time, it was kind of a boy who cried wolf situation until last year he gets on a plane to Minnesota. So, to be frank, I have no idea where this will where this will go. Um, again, I think you know, I think that people who attack the reporting, I think that's a little bit lame and overblown because he kind of uh, you know he did what he did last year in taking that interview, and, and he had every right to do so too. Um, so as far as what happens now, I mean, listen, it is it is a matter of the heart. I don't, you know, if there's, if it's a question about of of money, I think that leadership at Michigan is willing to do whatever it can to 
satiate those concerns and lock things down. But listen, if he wants to go, what that's that's ultimately his call and his priority. And uh, you know, the, the year in and year out kind of dalliance with this is uh, you know heading into this is the end of year eight. It will be year nine next. Um, it's pretty exhausting to be honest with you. So. You know, I don't know if there ever, there ever be there will ever be a finality uh, to these types of things as long as Harbaugh is there. But um, if he decides to leave, that will just kind of be the closing of that chapter. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, and like I said, it really uh, it just centers on the the matter of the heart and the head. And Harbaugh, the one thing I go back to is that I've never seen a coach at that level have to take a pay cut. Uh, to hold on to a job because it was so late. He didn't have other options. The NFL wasn't knocking uh, on his door, and he had to do it. And he agreed to it, and I know he hit a lot of those incentives after uh, the previous season, uh, or last not well, last year. And now i got to get the years correct. It would be you know the fall of 2021. So it's up to him. And you know the team is loaded. Uh, the team is set to be, I think, preseason number one in America. Uh, so we'll find out what Harbaugh wants to do. And that really is a story, like Chris said on the show last week. He has an agent now, so this will be a, a different negotiating process. He probably learned his lesson after he had to take that pay cut. And you know, if he does leave, who would be our – if Harbaugh announced today, uh, as crazy as a sports world turns, if he announced it today, who's the guy? to replace him at Michigan. Yeah, I mean, two names come to mind for me. I think if if it was one of those quick, we have to put out the fire type things, like uh, you know, like like a Notre Dame did with Marcus Freeman, uh, which uh, you would hope that's not the path it would take for Michigan. But I think that Sharon Moore might be a guy if they chose to go internally, uh, that that might be the name to watch. Uh, Mike Hart would also be a guy I would think that would get some consideration in that. Um, you know, externally, I think that, I think we're probably about overdue for Bill O'Brien to get another shot at a, either a college or an NFL job. He went and did his time at the Nick Saban, um, you know, school for wayward coaches and has kind of built his career and resume back up through that. And, um, you know, you look at uh, some of the things that, you know, just the roster they have offensively. Um, you'd think a guy like that could come in and do a pretty good job with the pieces that are there, uh, assuming the team would stay together, which I would think they would. Uh, but yeah, th- those are the early names that would come to mind. Uh, other than that, like I still, you know, if I'm, I'm sitting here today and you're asking me which direction it goes, I think this is ultimately going to be another one of those, will they or won't they? Oh, well, he's back at Michigan type of thing. So, but if it does go the other direction, those are the first two paths that, that stick out in my head. Yeah. I, Bill O'Brien, I had heard uh, rumbling through some Michigan alums. I uh, he was already telling people he was set to go whenever what he thought Harbaugh was going to the Vikings. He's coached in the Big Ten. He's you know been a head coach in the NFL. Worked for Saban. I think that really uh, would be the best option. And he you know keeps more and he keeps heart and you know maybe more harder on that next wave whenever O'Brien would be done. I again this is all it's up to Harbaugh. He holds all the cards. He really does after uh, his last two seasons at Michigan. Uh, he can see what type of money. Uh, they're going to offer, but even with that money, even with everything, the fact that he kind of had to swallow his pride, he talked about humility. Uh, they brought that up during all the coverage for TCU Michigan, which we'll get to in a moment, but 
Uh, we'll see. It, it's in Harbaugh's heart and head and uh, his decision. Speaking of that uh, TCU game, Anthony, uh, the bad first halves finally caught up to him. That, that basically, you, you scored 39 and a half against TCU and you lose. Uh, and, you, and they dropped 51, including two pick sixes. But, man, the, the blame goes all around to a lot of different areas. Quarterback, play calling, coaches, tackling. I mean, you can, you can go down the list, and uh, that, that bad first-half mojo uh, just bit them right in the rear. Yeah, I mean, there's there was this quickness to blame. Obviously, the the Roman Wilson overturned touchdown. Listen, that was a play that happened. But um, other than that, again, you look at th- – this was a program loss. This wasn't just on – Jim Harbaugh. This wasn't just on the offensive coordinators. It wasn't just on Jesse Minter's defense. It wasn't just on J.J. McCarthy for throwing a pair of pick sixes. They weren't prepared enough to play that football game. And I think the the lesson learned from it is that you do need to start. You know, there was we talked about it a little bit earlier where it was like this clinical kind of wire to wire domination. Uh, but the recipe for them all year was kind of to get out to some pretty iffy starts in football games. And when you get to this time of year, um, you know, everyone's kind of, you're not the only team in the field that's cut from a different cloth. Uh, TCU didn't win their conference championship, but flex championship DNA throughout the year. Uh, Georgia and Ohio, like obviously Ohio state didn't win one, but um, you know, they had Georgia in a game. Like you, you still have to show up and respect your opponent, play the game. And, you know, I don't want to say that they came in and overlooked TCU, but when you hear the talk all week about, oh, if they get in that three three five, it's going to be a smash fest. I saw TCU go into the three three five and guys up front on Michigan's Joe Moore award-winning offensive line, which no-showed for the second year in a row in the college football playoff. Um, those guys didn't know who to block. And I think TCU was more physical than they thought they would be. I, thought they, I think they were faster than they thought they would be. And, you know, that's ultimately on preparation. And I'll call it what it is. I think it's a little bit of hubris, too. So, um you know, Michigan. Michigan's gonna. That, that, that's a rough one. You know, last year you can you can walk out of that playoff going. You know what? We didn't really expect to be there. We were dominated, but you know that's a good experience for us. This was. Uh, listen, I know they're going to be loaded next year and maybe even the year after that. But you had the bird in the hand here in, in what I feel like was the most winnable college football playoff that there probably has ever been, and uh, they blew it. There's no other way to put it. Um, they're going to have to wear that. They didn't play well enough to credit to them for scoring, you know, almost 40 second half points, but they gave up, they gave up 30 of them and ultimately your season comes to an abrupt end. So, um, you know, the, the good thing for them is it is learning experience. There's a lot of these guys that will be back. JJ McCarthy will be back. Um, I think he's kind of the engine that determines where this thing goes in 2023, but that's a rough one. And that's, um, again, you know, I, you can't, you can't exactly put it in the same box as the other bowl game losses. There were, you know, opt-outs and things like that, and obviously the circumstances last year, but the end result is the end result. They're 1-6 and six in the postseason under Jim Harbaugh, and it's not good enough. So now you just go back in the lab and figure out what you can change and tweak to, to not only get back, but to, to finally push through that, that ceiling. Anthony Broom from the Wolverine.com joining us, talking Michigan TCU, talking Harbaugh story about a report that he would take the Broncos' job uh, if offered uh, uh, just a minute or so on Michigan basketball because lost in the day after Michigan TCU and uh, the Lions win yesterday in playoff talk. Uh, 
after how bad Michigan looked against CMU in that loss at home, uh, the defense, uh, Hunter Dickinson, uh, what with 32, uh, I did not see that coming yesterday for Michigan basketball. No, that was pretty stunning. I mean, if you had, if you had told me that there was that they would win that basketball game, I can't say I would have been surprised. I mean, Maryland has been up and down this year, but to come out and I, I've never, I don't know that I've ever seen a 17-0 run to start a game in that building. I don't know that I've ever seen a player outscore an entire team in a half of basketball. Um, it, it all comes down to effort. They put themselves in the position to do that yesterday because their compete level, their communication, um, their their defensive effort, the rebounding was all as on point and as locked in as they've been in those areas this year. And no, that's an important lesson for them. Um, you know, they they played up against the Virginias and North Carolina and Kentucky, but you know, lose to a team like the, the, the most damning thing about the Central Michigan loss is that given how they'd play those other those other non conference by games, it wasn't all that surprising. So. Now Michigan's in a spot where, you know, we've talked about it before. Every night in this conference is a chance to build on your resume. This is a huge week for them. They've got Penn State at home on Wednesday. They go to Michigan State on Saturday. Uh, I believe they go to Iowa after that. So, um, you know, the margin of error is pretty much gone because they don't have a non-conference win to really hang their hat on. So you're looking at a team that probably needs 13 or 14 wins in Big Ten play to even be in the conversation. So, um, you can only get one at a time, uh, but that was a, a major step in the right direction. And listen, they're not going to blow teams out like that in the Big Ten, but you bring that type of hustle and that type of energy and, and Hunter Dickinson is locked in like that, they're going to be a tough out at any night. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but for one day, um, their New Year's resolution was to play with much higher energy and spirit and mission accomplished. Anthony Broome, you can follow him 24-7 at TheWolverine.com. Anthony, appreciate your huge opinions. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you guys for having me. All right, Anthony Broome, check it in on the Meyer Guest Line. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with University of Michigan Athletics. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app, Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your first two deposits for up to $1,500, plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. Are you ready? The toughest Sport on Dirt is back for an all-new 2023 season. Join the party and come watch the Cowboys of the PBR Tractor Supply Company Classic ride the rankest bulls on the planet live at Van Andel Arena, January 27th and 28th. Tickets on sale now at PBR.com or Ticketmaster.com. The PBR Tractor Supply Company Classic at Van Andel Arena, January 27th and 28th. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
Hume Show is back live across Michigan. Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use promo code HUGE when you sign up to get the hookups. Get in on Monday Night Football, college hoops, college bowls, and more. Got bowl action today. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code HUGE. Now, if you miss any interview, our podcasts are everywhere, and they are free. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show, where you download podcasts, and also our free stream happens weekdays at 3 at thehugeshow.net. You can listen live wherever you have mobile service, weekdays at 3 at thehugeshow.net. Big. Bad. Huge. is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the huge show across Michigan. And download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code HUGE to get in on all of the action, including Michigan and TCU out in Arizona. What about Georgia and Ohio State? Pistons, Wings, and those Red Hot Lions. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code HUGE when you sign up to get the hookup. It is a Moneyline Monday, presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. You ready? Now, let's go to the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Studio with the huge one, Bill Simon. What's up, Michigan? It's hour number two. We are live on a holiday for most. We still got bowl games uh, going on. I see Mississippi State came back to beat Illinois 19-10. That's cool. Wanted for Coach Leach. I'm okay with that. Purdue is getting hammered. By Brian Kelly in LSU, 49-7. USC leading Tulane, 35-30. Penn State, Utah should be a pretty good uh, Rose Bowl coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, We'll talk about Michigan's loss to TCU. Lions playoff chances. It's down to one option. It was at about five yesterday. It's one option. Beat Green Bay. We don't know yet when that game will be. So I think they're really... I think they're waiting for Monday Night Football, possibly. I'm thinking the Lions are going to be the Sunday Night National game because the Packers win, they're in. So there's something guaranteed on the line. If Seattle would win, and I assume they'll be Sunday earlier in the day, they win against the Rams at home, then it doesn't matter what Detroit does, but Green Bay still could get in by beating the Lions. So then the Lions become a spoiler. All because of that 48-45 game in Detroit. And I was there. 
Wow, with our friends from Bud Light. Did the pregame party at Tin Roof with DraftKings. Incredible game to watch. But as a Lions fan, you just know games that will come back to haunt you. You do. It's life as a Lions fan. So we'll talk Lions inside this hour. Jeff Risden from the LionsWire.com. Also a co-host on the Detroit Lions podcast that you can listen to. Just search for it on YouTube. He'll join us in a few moments. Clayton Safey was inside State Farm Stadium for Michigan TCU. His thoughts on that loss. Also the Harbaugh story that's out there. Nicole Auerbach with Bruce Feldman. Two of the top college football insiders nationally are saying that Harbaugh is offered the Denver Broncos job officially He's gone, that he's done at Michigan. So we'll talk to Clayton Safey about that. Also, Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman. His thoughts on Harbaugh that lost to TCU in an hour. Skeen is a co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast with Chris Ballas. So you can hear the Wolverine.com, Mike O'Hara, at DetroitLions.com. Yeah, we're just waiting for the schedule, and I... I'm guessing that they're waiting on maybe Monday Night Football and deciding if, you know, Green Bay, Detroit, I'm looking at all the possible matchups. There's something guaranteed on the line with Green Bay having to win and they're in. Lions have all that great young talent. And like I said, uh, 30-plus point games, Lions are right there with the Bills and the Chiefs. Their offense at home this year has been unstoppable. Look what they did to Jacksonville, who's going to play Tennessee for the AFC South title. I mean, look at what they you know did to Minnesota. Go down, they put forty five on Seattle. God, if that game and I was there, if that game comes back to haunt them after this weekend, that would just suck. Not so much the Carolina game. You watch Carolina; they were beating up on Brady, and then. Brady said, you know what? I got Mike Evans as a wide receiver. Hey, you know what? You know what? He didn't walk out on me like Giselle. I'm going to throw to Mike because I love him. I'm going to throw to him three touchdowns like 200 yards. Jeff Risden from the LionsWire.com, co-host on the Detroit Lions podcast. You can hear on YouTube. He's standing by on the Meyer guest sign and... My Lord, uh, at first when Fields was running around, I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's, you know, the Bears were on a pace to rush for 500. I said, here we go again, what we watched on Christmas Eve. And then when Fields got banged up and he didn't run as much anymore, uh, the Lions just took over. And Jared Goff at home this year, he's been as good as Stafford ever was in Detroit. Oh, it was it was a very fun game to watch. And the weird thing with Chicago, they score more touchdowns on the opening drive of the game than any other team in the NFL. After that, they are the lowest scoring team in the NFL. It's a very weird thing. They come out and they come out hot in more games than any other team, and then it just goes away. And the Lions smartly rode out the storm. Uh, they got five first downs after the first two drives. Chicago did. That's that's really cl- putting the clamps down on on Fields. They hit him hard. They hit him often. Uh, their receiving core is, uh, let's put it this way, I, I've never seen an easier team to cover than what the, the Bears wide receivers were and tight ends were yesterday. 
their guys were never open. And this is this is with Ifiatu Malifanwu, um, Amani Orawarie, and Mike Hughes playing big reps. Uh, Will Harris was an absolute blanket in coverage. These things don't happen unless your wide receiving core that you're playing against is really terrible. So, uh, you know, the Lions took care. They did what they needed to do. They beat up an inferior opponent, uh, and they they got a shot at the playoffs now. And that, that's all we can ask for. We talked about it on Friday, Huge. You know, th- this is a game that we needed to see them come back after the Carolina loss, after getting humiliated, and really, you know, show that they were focused and, and, and a good football team that had a bad week. And that's exactly what we saw. You think they're going to flex in the Sunday night with the appeal of Rodgers, how well they're playing? I think the Lions will get more national TV games next year with all their young talent, and we'll get to Hutchinson and what Houston have been doing uh, defensively. Swift looked awesome yesterday. Goss playing well. I, I'm looking at the potential. Well, not they, the matchups are set. It's just times now. And what's on the line, and you know, if you play, which it will, uh, Seattle – Rams, like at 4 o'clock Michigan time on Sunday, that that Sunday night game, you'll know Green Bay either way has to win. They control their destiny. But if Seattle would lose and the winner of that game goes to the playoffs, it just seems to have that perfect Sunday night football on NBC fit. Yeah, so what what I heard earlier today in talking to somebody uh, who works for one of the networks is that they're waiting to see what happens with the Bengals tonight. Because if the Bengals lose tonight, it's Cincinnati and Baltimore playing for the AFC North title next week, and that would be the marquee game. If the Bengals win tonight, they clinch the division. Uh, Buffalo's already got their their thing wrapped up, so then the Lions and Packers would be the marquee game on the schedule. So it, it sort of depends on what happens tonight. If you want the Lions in primetime, root for the Bengals tonight. If you don't want them in primetime, and uh, personally as somebody who has to cover the team and uh, is generally not somebody who stays up very late, uh, I love the day games, uh, but I get that the fans really want the night games. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it still is dependent upon tonight. They are going to make the announcement. Uh, apparently right after the game tonight. So we will know very shortly uh, what, what's going on with next Sunday. But, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a huge game. You know, the, the playoff implications are legit. Um, it, it is going to be interesting to see if they're not the primetime game, how they handle the timing with the Seattle game and the Green Bay game. Do they want those two games to go at the same time? Or do they want you know Seattle you know, being at home or being on the West Coast their natural late window start, do they push the Lions back to the later window, the, the 4.05 or 4.25 p.m. window, uh, instead of the 1 o'clock start? That's that's going to be the big question, If uh, again, if the Bengals uh, take care of business tonight. Yeah, but if uh, Baltimore doesn't have Lamar Jackson, and I Steelers' Kenny Pickett had a great throw last night to win it uh, for the Steelers, I, I don't see that as a, you know, Baltimore's boring on offense. I, I, I don't get, I, I guess Lamar Jackson must be back next week. Right or this weekend? Well, it's, it's possible, but again, that that one's for a division title, and that, right. that's going to take precedence over a wild card. So uh, I don't know if that's. Uh, a, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily interested in watching Baltimore either. I watched that game last night. Yeah. That's not a good football team right now without mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. And but uh, you know the Bengals have a lot of sizzle uh, with Joe Burrow, and they were in the Super Bowl last year, and they they're looking pretty dang good this year. So I, I get the appeal for Cincinnati anyway. Yeah, and I think we're, we get our local appeal that, you know, we're talking about the Lions all the time. So I understand that they're thinking nationally. And, and the way they've waited, it has to be what your network guy told you because otherwise they would already would have released the schedules today or last night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and Green Bay, I mean, there's so many storylines with this for Green Bay. If they lose, they're out of the playoffs. It could be Aaron Rodgers' last home game. It could be his last game uh, in a Packers uniform. You, you never know. 
if they win, they're in. That's a very easy market to sell. You know, Green Bay, one of the most popular teams around the country. Uh, there's Packer backers all over the place. You know, that, that it's it's definitely the, the game that I would highlight, even just as, as like a neutral bystander. But, uh, you know, division titles take precedence over wild cards. So uh, that's unfortunately where it's at. Yeah, I'm surprised with uh, no Lamar Jackson how they would look. I, I get, uh, you know, playing for a division uh, title, and I understand that they're looking for – but I don't see that as a monster TV draw. But, you know, Burrow is uh, the man. Jeff Risden, LionsWire.com co-host on the Detroit Lions podcast, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line here on the Huge Show across Michigan, talking about the Lions win over the Bears yesterday. So, uh, you know, Green Bay is on fire right now, playing as good as I've ever seen them play. Uh, when they were sitting there at what uh, four and eight, and Lions, you know, if you need help with Seattle uh, to lose and the Rams to beat them, you also have the Lions draft pick there, where that could mean a couple of you know draft choices. So that's kind of a sidebar playoffs first, but and a lot of everything everything connects back to Stafford and the Rams somehow uh, when you're talking about the Lions and Golf the last two uh, years. I. I just don't know how, and I said it before this weekend, I, and, and they are a different team outdoors offensively than they are indoors, and the numbers don't lie, but I just don't see the Lions going to Lambeau and winning on Sunday. I just have a tough time digesting that, and that might be the best thing to have no expectations for it. And, and that, I'm kind of with you on that. I do think that they have a path to victory. I think they can do it. Uh, it's going to require their defense playing better than it has recently uh, when they've played better teams. Uh, and it's, the, the big issue is Green Bay can both run and throw. The Lions have done pretty well against one-dimensional offenses, Carolina accepted. Uh, but uh, Green Bay, the way that, that Aaron Jones is running right now, the way that, that Christian Watson has developed as a receiver, the way they're working in Mercedes Lewis, who is – he and Aaron Rodgers are the only guys still left from that 2005 draft class. They're playing together. They're playing great together. Uh, their ability to run and throw is, is a challenge for the Lions' defense. I do think that the Lions are going to be able to score against them. Green Bay's defense has played better lately, but they're still vulnerable. Uh, they don't have much depth at all, and uh, they're, they're a linebacker-dependent defense, uh, which means that you can, you can take some advantage of some of their safety play. Uh, with speed on the outside, like DJ Shark played, played fantastic yesterday. I think you saw Jamison Williams work in a little bit more. Uh, they did something. They did the, the great run with them. Uh, the Lions are going to be able to, I think, put up some points. But uh, outscoring what Green Bay is going to do is going to be the challenge. And uh, look, they absolutely have a shot to do it. Uh, I, I expect that they will have a good game plan. I would think that they will will keep it um, very interesting until the, the very end. But. <laughs> Look, you got to be realistic. The last game of the year, you're going into the Packers' den uh, outdoors. Uh, it looks like it's going to be about 35 and uh, not really raining, but not exactly sunny conditions. So the, the field might be a little damp. Uh, it's asking a lot for this team that was once one and six to go in there and do that. But they they got a shot at it, and uh, again, that's that's more than we ever could have hoped for even a month ago. So I, I'm I'm very excited for the matchup. I, I think they got a, a real chance to win it. Uh, I'm probably not going to pick them to win it, but uh, hey, it's, it, it's it's been a heck of a ride, man. And I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how they handle a do or die game like this. Jeff Risden from the LionsWire.com, part of the USA Today Network. You can follow LionsWire on Facebook and Twitter, and also a co-host on the Detroit Lions podcast that you can hear weekly on YouTube. Just search Detroit Lions podcast. Check it in. 
on the Meyer guest on. You mentioned uh, the Lions defense will need to play well against the Packers on Sunday if a playoff spot is on the line or if they want to uh, send Aaron Rodgers and the Packers home and ruin their playoff chances. But uh, yesterday, man, Hutch, uh, James Houston for you know being a part of the defense for six games. Uh, the you know Rodrigo was all over the field. I mean, I, I'm just looking at the youth and the contribution on defense right now for the Lions, regardless of what happens this weekend, if or uh, if they make the playoffs, whatever. Uh, but the future right now on that defense, and you watched it yesterday. Oh, man, the the youth on the defense, you saw it up front yesterday. Hutchinson, Houston, you mentioned, who played a lot more in early down situations, wasn't just an exclusive pass rusher yesterday, and wore it pretty darn well. You know, you see Rodrigo bounce back. He had a really terrible first drive. Uh, two of those fields runs were directly on him, uh, and he actually wound up sitting a play out because of it. Uh, after that, he was he was fantastic. You saw John Kaminsky, a guy that, that you know the Falcons gave up on. He's he's still a young guy. He's only 26 years old. This is a guy who's going to be a building block on the inside, a guy who can play all four spots up front when you ask him to. Ali McNeil had a great game. You're seeing a lot of the youth talent that they've acquired over the past couple of years up front really starting to come together. Derek Barnes played a decent game. Um, doing He wasn't necessarily the spy, but he shut down the running backs when whenever Chicago tried to, to do something with that. So, they have a lot of young, impressive talent up front, and they're getting better, and they're playing better together. And that's how you get to have a team that they can really grow into something special. They need more pieces, obviously, but they've got a really, really strong young core up front. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's so fun to watch those guys learn together and learn how to play off one another. Uh, the chemistry that they have, uh, look, I know Aaron Glenn takes a lot of crap for his schematics. He has built a unit that has incredible chemistry and trust in one another, and that's not always an easy thing to do uh, when you got a lot of talented guys with egos like that. The fact that they're playing for one another, with one another, as well as they are, uh, it's it's darn impressive. And it's something that we are really going to be looking forward to next year and the year after that. You know, imagine them adding a premium safety and a, a potential, you know, a guy like De'Ron Payne or Javon Hargrave, an interior pass rusher who can, you know, really you know, rock the boat on the inside. They got a chance to be a very good defense next year and and keep it going for several years because they have cap room and they've got youth. That's uh, it, it, it's a very exciting time to be a Lions fan. Superfly Hayes is telling me that he saw something from Fox News that the Lions game with the Packers was flexed to Sunday night. So he's he's waiting to confirm that. And again, when we get to network news uh, for the truth <laughs> or misinformation. I'm telling, I'm telling Superfly, you know, confirm. All right, don't you know, we can bring it up because we're a talk show. We can say that you saw it on Fox News. We're not confirming it, but um, you know, maybe they just reached a point, and maybe they found out that Jackson isn't going to be good enough to go, and they were waiting and talking with Baltimore or whatever. Uh, because I, uh, he's saying it's Fox News is reporting that the Lions. And the Packers. This is Brett Hayes. I'm gonna. We're gonna pin it. Not Jeff Risden from the Lions Wire. Not Bill Simonson from the Huge Show. Uh, but Brett Hayes uh, saying that Fox News, which that seems like a weird place. You sure it's not a fake Fox News? Like it's spelled F O C K S. Well, Fox does have the broadcast rights to the game, so they they probably would know. But, uh, but they would they so yet. they would flex it. That I thought Sunday night is always NBC. 
Yeah, but but if it's not um, if it's not going to be on NBC, it will be on Fox. So that that could be that they were told by whoever that uh, it's not it. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know I will, this flex uh, stuff. This flex stuff is it used to be like you could flex a certain amount of games and you you had to do it in a certain time, and now they're walking it up. You know, six days before it's going to play, right? Yeah, and and it does matter logistically. If thank goodness they weren't playing Saturday, they had to know that uh, at a time because it cuts off a, a day of practice and a day of travel. But uh, yeah, that's uh, you know, I I, I I would love for the average fan to understand what goes behind setting up for a TV production for the broadcast for a for an NFL game. Uh, it is unreal the amount of equipment and the amount of logistics and, and things that they have to do to get done. So I'm sure they want to know as soon as possible. And uh, whether it's an NBC crew or a Fox crew, uh, where, where was NBC last night? They were in uh, they were in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, so yeah. They far. just they just did Baltimore and Pittsburgh. You see, yeah. that's where I was kind of thinking, you know, going back and forth that. Uh, Maybe if I they, sure don't want to watch Baltimore again. My God, that was well, yeah. But maybe if, if Lamar Jackson was going to be back, and it's Lamar Jackson versus Burrow, that's a really attractive TV game, right? It is, but it doesn't sound like Lamar is going to be back. So uh, you know, that's that's something else. And uh, you know, there's they're they're a good example right there of a difference between a a quarterback who can only run in Tyler Huntley and a quarterback who can run and pass in in Lamar Jackson. That's uh, that's pretty stark evidence for for that sort of argument. All right, so Adam Schefter now. I'm going to go to, like, uh, good reporters. Uh, Lions and Packers have been flexed uh, to Sunday night as the final regular season game. Uh, First reported by Superfly Hayes from the FOCKS Fox Network. (laughs) Give my man some credit. Well, he did. He didn't bring it up, but, you know, sometimes with Superfly, (laughs) I just, you know, I got to do a little double checking every once in a while there, Risden. You know, <laughs> and you were talking about yeah, yeah. it, and 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 then because he said, "Well, this is a Superfly's text. Make sure you bring this up to Risden because he was completely off base on the Bengals Ravens comment." I can't believe you said that about Rizzy when he's not in the hizzy. <laughs> I see how it is when, when I'm not in Well, you're not there. Off. He's a sniper. He is. He's one of these guys. He always wears that camo hoodie. I, I'm telling you, he's a sniper. you got to watch out for him. So line, there, there you go now. It, it's what I thought would be the perfect scenario because you're going to get Rams, Seahawks in that late time slot because of West Coast time. So you'll know Pack. there's already something on the line regardless. Green Bay wins. Yeah. They're in. So now if yeah. the Rams beat, and the Rams have been playing pretty good, if the Rams beat the Seahawks, who beat the Jets yesterday, then that's basically a playoff game at Lambeau on Sunday night. Absolutely. And, and think about that. You know, we talked all summer about can we get a meaningful game in December. We got a meaningful playoff, playoff play-in game in January mm. uh, if, if that game, if the earlier game goes that way. And, hey, if, if the Rams happen to lose, they will pick no lower than six in the NFL draft, uh, and that's not necessarily the worst place to be either. Uh, and they could move that up as high as fourth, uh, from from my understanding, from what uh, we were talking about this morning in a group that I was in. So uh, you know, it's it's look. Obviously, you want the Lions to get into the postseason, get that get that beak wet, man. Taste taste that playoff. Give these young guys a, 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 a some experience in where they need to get to and and what the stakes are with that. But uh, 
you know, it's not the worst thing in the world if uh, if they win and Seattle just edges them out because then you look back, that's your missed opportunity. Mm. You had that Seattle game no. won and you lost it. Mm. Uh, you had that Minnesota game mm. in Minnesota and you lost it. Uh, uh. Uh, it's, it's a great lesson for, for mm. Dan Campbell and for his team that you've got to play every game all season. You can't you, you can't have those little lapses even early in the year. It does come back to bite you, and that's that's going to be one up being one of the, uh, the the final takeaways of twenty twenty two season uh, when everything's said and done. But uh, look, it's still been a great ride, uh, and I, I really hope that they can put this on on Green ending your Aaron Rodgers season in Green Bay on national television. That would be about as good of a New Year's Eve present and New Year's present as, as the Detroit Lions could give us. And uh, the flip side of the Rams can beat. Uh, the Seahawks ending Rodgers' season and clinching a playoff spot on national TV with the way the Lions have been playing, what a message that would be. That would be fun as well. And, and I would be very curious as to see how both the teams, both Detroit and Green Bay, would respond to that. Would Green Bay be motivated knowing that they're already eliminated? Um, you know, Knowing that they can't you know, finish any better than second place in the division, um, as a veteran team versus the, the Lions, you know, being the up and coming team, still trying to you know stake their claim and and do some things. That 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 that's an interesting scenario in and of itself. And uh, I wonder how that's going to play out. I, look, I think Seattle's going to win, uh, and that, that will take care of Detroit's business, unfortunately. But uh, it's what a great way to spend your Sunday next week. I'm I'm excited about it already. Huge. Well, it is because you're gonna you're gonna watch uh, you know Seattle and the Rams. Uh, beforehand, so it was the perfect. It's what we talked about at the top of this uh, conversation. That you know, it, it, you get Rogers, you have that drama. Uh, it's national TV, and like I said, the Lions. When when you're looking at thirty p- plus point games, are right there with the Bills and the Chiefs, and you're talking about the two best offenses this side of a healthy Jalen Hurts when at QB for Philly and. Now, yeah, it, it's your plan. It, it it has a playoff feel to it. The entire Sunday, even though it's week 18 and you're into the second week of January, it has a playoff feel for the Lions and considering where they were at one and six this year, where they were last year. You know, we can we can break down and complain and compare golf to Stafford or whatever. We can argue about last year and argue about this year and look back at the tough losses that could cost them a playoff spot. But look at what's on the line Sunday for a team that stood at one and six at one point this year. Just like, you know, they keep talking about the Packers at four and eight. What about the Lions at one and six? It's a great story. It's a great testament to a young team coming together under an inexperienced head coach. They're like, like we talked about with the young defense, they're all growing up together. They're it. They've, they've bonded so well. Uh, it's one of the things that, that really stands out when, when you go into Allen park and you see this team, they are one team. There are not individual agendas going on here. This is not a team where, you know, you've got some, some flashy guy over here trying to get his name on TV or anything like that. They are working really hard and working together because they know that they are better than the sum of their parts uh, when they play that way. And that's something that Dan Campbell has worked very hard at stressing uh, and it's working. And uh, it didn't work early on, but uh, he stayed with the message and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, I'm going to tell you what, if they get in, Dan Campbell's going to get a lot of Coach of the Year votes. And that's that's something that I think if you would have said that back in October, uh, you probably would have laughed me off the air at that point. But it, it's it's very legit. If they can get in, 
don't know if he's going to win it. I, I, I think Nick Sirianni's probably got that wrapped up. But, uh, man, that's, again, it, it's so different now than it was early in the season. And it's uh, it's been a long time coming. It's a very welcome development. Yeah, Lions at the Packers has been flexed to Sunday night. Uh, the finale, you'll get the Rams and the Seahawks at 4 o'clock if the Seahawks lose and the Lions are in a position in winning at Green Bay. They will secure a playoff spot. Packers go to the playoffs with a win over the Lions regardless of what Seattle does against the Rams. Jeff Risden, you can follow everything leading up to the game Sunday night, man. I just ramped up this week uh, with the Lions and the Packers. Now a Sunday night football last regular season game of the 2022-2023 season. It will be a good one. You can follow uh, the Lions, lionswire.com, Lionswire Facebook and Twitter, and also uh, follow Detroit Lions Podcast Facebook and Twitter and listen to it weekly. Just search Detroit Lions Podcast on YouTube. Jeff, we'll talk to you later in the week, and we'll preview the Packers and the Lions. That sounds great. Thanks. All right, that is huge news. Lions and the Packers, Sunday night football. Tell me, Hammer and Hank Hayes isn't going to be ready. And what a springboard for next year for the franchise, where regardless of what we have said, how we break it down, the ups and downs, man, come on, Rams. Come on, beat Seattle. There you go. Just do it. Clayton Safey uh, will join us. He was at the TCU-Michigan game with the Wolverine.com team. We'll get his thoughts on the game, the Harbaugh story, that if offered the Denver job, he would leave Michigan for the NFL. A lot to get to. Safety next. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Are you ready? The toughest sport on dirt is back for an all-new 2023 season. Join the party and come watch the Cowboys of the PBR Tractor Supply Company Classic ride the rankest bulls on the planet live at Van Andel Arena, January 27th and 28th. Tickets on sale now at PBR.com or Ticketmaster.com. The PBR Tractor Supply Company Classic at Van Andel Arena, January 27th and 28th. Have you been to a Grand Rapids Gold basketball game yet inside Van Andel Arena? They're the Denver Nuggets G League team, and they feature talent from Kentucky, Baylor, Stanford, Duke, and more. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or the Van Andel Arena box office. And don't forget their home game specials. Tuesdays, two-for-one tickets. Thursdays, $2 beers and $2 dogs. And the Sunday Family 4-Pack. Get four tickets and a $20 concession voucher for only 50 bucks. Get your Grand Rapids Gold tickets now. More for your money and kick off the new year with Meyer. Start your wellness journey with buy one, get one free vitamins or supplements. And enjoy delicious meals with deals like 80% lean ground beef for $2.99 per pound. Taylor Farm Salad Chopped Kits, two for $6. And Lean Cuisine or Stouffer's Frozen Meals, just $2.48 with Emperks. Plus, pay the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in-store or online. Exclusion supply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app. 
Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your first two deposits for up to $1,500 plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. When you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, always use that promo code HUGE uh, to get the hookups. Get in on the action right now. The college bowl games. They got Monday Night Football tonight. College basketball and more. And the Lions have been flexed to Sunday Night Football in America. They will play the Packers Sunday night, I assume, a little after 8 p.m. at Lambeau. If Seattle loses to the Rams in that Sunday game, which I think will be around 4 or 4.25 p.m. Michigan time, then the Lions will be playing for a playoff spot. Green Bay, regardless of what Seattle does with a win over the Lions Sunday night at Lambeau, they will grab that final playoff spot in the NFC. That's big. Big for the Lions. Big for the franchise after the 1-6 and six start, three-win season last year. So the Lions and Packers will be the last regular season game in America. In the NFL. Sunday night football in America with the Lions and the Packers. Mm. Got to get Seattle to lose, though, which stinks. That's why I wanted, you know, Seattle to lose yesterday. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com, one of our Michigan insiders. Uh, he was in Glendale, Arizona for TCU in Michigan on Saturday. So, Clayton, what's going through your mind when you're watching that first half with Michigan TCU? Yeah, uh, it was kind of surreal in a way, right? I mean, you, you thought if they came out and played well and played their game and if things went according to script, that they would probably have a great chance to win. Well, they still had a decent chance to win towards the end. But they shot themselves in the foot so many times. I mean, I've never seen a team win throwing two pick sixes. You also fumble on first and goal from the one. Give it up. It's actually a touchback. Other team gets it at the 20. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong did on a number of different plays. They fought until the end, but too many mistakes. And give TCU credit. They took advantage uh, and also played really well themselves. So uh, really disappointing end to what, what was a great season. I'm sure as the days go by, people will start to appreciate a little bit more what it was, but uh, it was stunning to see them go down like that because it's it's something we really haven't seen this team do, make those mistakes. They've been so clean all year. Yeah, I said the only way they would lose would be if they hurt themselves. And, you know, you score 39 in the second half, but you deliver the first half without a touchdown and you had so much going on close to the goal line, the opening run by Edwards, the crowd roaring and, you know, J.J. just, you know, didn't look comfortable until he got in the third quarter. And then, he, you know, the pick six has gotten his head. It is his first year as a starter. I'm not making excuses. But the one thing I, I kept saying when I'm sitting at Johnny Brands on Leonard in Grand Rapids with a packed bar is run, J.J. You know, his legs, if you go back to last year when he splashed, it was his arm strength and his legs. And him staying in the pocket. He, he's just not there yet. He, he could be one day and probably will be. 
But you watched him in the third quarter when they had the design run for him. I'm like, where was that at the goal line? Where was that in the first half? How do you not sneak him three times? Why hand off to the fullback? Why risk a bad snap or exchange? I mean, there's there, there's so much from a coaching perspective. And, yeah, and I'll put the, the, the pick six on J.J., but uh, the coaching in the first half, they, it's like they spent three weeks outthinking themselves and not doing what, what got them to dominate Ohio State. I agree. I mean, I thought you get to fourth down down there. Really, the worst thing that could have happened in hindsight was J.J. scrambling, getting down to the two. So then they decided to go for it and they run a Philly special, something like you said. I mean, that's not – I get it. You know, you're trying to catch them off guard, but it's not their – anything that's like their bread and butter or anything like that. They've been a line it up, run right at them type of team all season long. And then uh, you're right. I mean, the, the, the fumble at the one, you know, really the second miscue down in there was uh, a formation that looked like a sneak formation, but then you hand it off basically where a sneak would have gone. I don't understand it. Mm. You know, even if they did get the handoff off, you know, you're looking at taking extra time and letting the defense kind of get some push there instead of just getting behind your athletic quarterback and sneaking. So, I didn't understand that. You're right on J.J. McCarthy. Uh, you know, I thought he made a lot of plays to keep them in that game. You look at the second half, he had close to 200 yards passing, and he actually ran for 77 yards in the second half. Agree with you. Run him more early. Seemed like there were some more opportunities there to do that. Uh, interestingly enough, Michigan scored 45 points. That's the most uh, out of any offense in the college football playoffs this year. Michigan holds TCU to 37 offensive points. That's the lowest amount any offense in the college football playoff scored this season. Of course, 42-41 was the final in Georgia, Ohio State, all offensive touchdowns and, and scores. So you're looking at those mistakes that, to me, were the difference. And I know that a lot went on in between those, but the miscues, the coaching mistakes, the interceptions, um, and Michigan got some breaks themselves. But that, that, those are the things I think Michigan fans are going to be looking back on for a long time, this will be one of those ones you look back on decades from now and what could have been. It's not rocket science to figure out that J.J. rushed for 77 yards, threw for 200, then the defense doesn't know what you're doing and your team drops 39 in the final two quarters. Uh, where was that initially? Where was that to create uh, the defense not being able to tee off on him in the pocket. Why is every drop by Michigan a deep drop? And then J.J., you know, is waiting, 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 and then here comes the rush, and he got away from it a couple of times. Uh, but, man, use his legs. I, I, he's not – he is not a pocket passer. He's not. He's a deep ball guy in the pocket. If not, get him out rolling, get him throwing, let him tuck it and run, and then when the defense wants to come up, he can hit a big play down the field. I understand it for a lot of the year when it's, yeah, maybe you're not going to run him all the time because especially with the backup situation this year when Cade McNamara went down with his injury, but you're in a do-or-die game. Amen. Where, uh, you know, you see it with like Buffalo, you know, Buffalo throughout the season. I know they run him a lot more than some fans are comfortable with at times, and he takes some big hits. But you, you see in some of those bigger games where they really unleash him, um, and that's just one example. Of course, there's there's others when you look at running quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, I think J.J. is going to get better in the pocket. He had a lot of time back there at times, uh, and they did hit on some of those deep balls. But I thought he bailed a little bit early a few times as well. Um, you know, but I, I do give him credit for what he did in the second half. It, it just wasn't quite enough, and, and it wasn't clean enough really throughout. When you look at three out of 13 on third downs, J.J. was two of eight third down passing. That's just not good enough in a game like this. So, yeah, you hit on some big plays, 
which isn't necessarily their M.O., but they weren't able to sustain some of those other drives and, and stay on the field. They really would have put up a, a crooked number there, I, I think, if, if they could have done that and, and played how they did. It was kind of one of those goofy games that didn't go the way uh, any games you, you had all season. And, uh, man, they still had a chance at the end, which was amazing, but um, really disappointing end for Michigan, no. uh, you know, as we said. Yeah, just the, the bubble screen at the goal line. Hopefully there's a can of uh, gasoline right now in a dumpster behind Schembechler Hall where that thing, that entire playbook that has a bubble screen on the goal line is being torched. That and bringing it, you know, so you're relying on a trick play and at at the half-yard line uh, a handoff uh, my God, I, that first half was just uh, – and it was what – I'm sorry. I get we all talked about Georgia's defense and how dominant they were, but Michigan's play calling last year in the first half when Georgia got out to the lead and it was game over, they didn't run the quarterback. They didn't bring McCarthy in to try and, and get the edge on a speed defense. They didn't use their speed. Uh, they didn't do any of it. And Harbaugh got his ass out coached by Sonny Dykes in that first half. The entire staff did. And I give them credit like they've done all year long. They've adjusted at halftime, but this this time around, it wasn't just a game you could dictate the pace. It was TCU, and TCU's moving on. All right, quickly, uh, I got to get your thoughts on the Harbaugh story. Nicole Auerbach, Bruce Feldman saying, if the Broncos offer Harbaugh the job, he's gone. What do you think, Clayton? Yeah, if he gets an offer, I mean, it wouldn't necessarily shock you. This is the guy that interviewed back in February with Minnesota. Um, at the same time, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things where it's, here we go again. We'll have to see exactly how it plays out. Will it drag on for weeks or is he their number one guy? Do they offer him right away after another conversation? Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. He said uh, last month that he will be back in 2023, but he left the door open a little bit saying that nobody knows the future and, and all that sorts of stuff. So, We'll just kind of wait and see. I mean, I know uh, I think people are preparing for either way, but uh, I think the number one hope for Michigan right now is that it doesn't drag on for a month, affect recruiting and all of that. I think you want to get whatever happens done uh, pretty quickly, and we do know behind the scenes as well, if you were to stay, uh, there are people at Michigan right now working on uh, you know, making him a, one of the highest-paid coaches in college football, which I think would help. But again, is it just that itch that, uh, you know, that he wants to win a Super Bowl? Only Jim Harbaugh knows that. Amen. I'm with you in his heart, his head, and is you know is there some not not vindictiveness, but just a part of him where he had to take the pay cut and he doesn't have faith in that athletic department. We'll see. It'll be up to Harbaugh, Clayton Safey. You can follow everything University of Michigan football and athletics at thewolverine.com. Good stuff uh, during this Michigan run this year, Clayton. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Happy New Year. All right. Back at you, Clayton Safey, joining us on the Meyer Guest Sign of Meyer. Proud to be longtime partners with University of Michigan Athletics. Michigan, Michigan State hoops on Saturday in the Big Ten. Sunday night football in America will be the Lions and the Packers. That game has been flexed to Sunday night at Lambeau. Lions win. They'll get to the playoffs if Seattle loses uh, prior to that game. To the callers online, Michigan will hear you next. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. We play for the thrill, that rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver. 
Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.tv. That's MHSAA.tv. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan on the Moneyline Monday, presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Always use code HUGE when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app to get the promo hookups. You can get in on today's bowl action, Monday Night Football, College Hoops, Lions and Packers now have been flexed to this Sunday night at Lambeau in Green Bay. Also a huge upset. Well, not a huge upset. Tulane is top 25 team, but uh, Tulane has roared back. They lead number 10 USC 46-45, nine seconds uh, to go in that game. 24-7, everything you need is at thehugeshow.net. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the huge show across Michigan. And download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code HUGE to get in on all of the action, including Michigan and TCU out in Arizona. What about Georgia and Ohio State? Pistons, Wings, and those Red Hot Lions. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code HUGE when you sign up to get the hookup. It is a Moneyline Monday, presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's one 838 
What's up, Michigan? It is our number three on a live statewide broadcast, 19 stations strong for the one close to you. Go to thehugeshow.net. We did get word within the last hour that the Lions and the Packers have been flexed to Sunday night football in America. It will be the last regular season game of this season. Lions to get into the playoffs. They need Seattle to lose to the Rams. And a game, I assume, will be right before at around 4, 425 Michigan time. And then the Lions and the Packers at Lambeau a little after 8. So that game has been flexed uh, to Sunday night. What a big stage for the Lions. Big stage games. They played well against Buffalo on Thanksgiving Day. I'll give them credit. What I do worry is that if Seattle, this this is my concern about the game right now. If Seattle beats the Rams and the Lions aren't playing for anything and the Packers get in if they win. I really think the Lions need that juice of the Rams beating Seattle on Sunday to fuel them for that game because it's one of the great home field advantages. I will give the Lions home crowds this year have been as loud as ever. You were fantastic. All of you that went to Lions games and Dan Campbell talked about that uh, yesterday and I went to what four home Lions games this year. Loudest I've ever heard Ford Field. It really, it was it was a true home field advantage. And I think that's why the Lions, part of the reason why Goff and the Lions played so well at home. It's a tall order. We can use all the cliches. The Rodgers and the Packers are red hot right now, but that game will be on Sunday night. What a way to finish off the regular season in the National Football League. We'll talk about that game and the flex with Mike O'Hara, DetroitLions.com. Insider will join us in a moment. Uh, the hangover from New Year's Eve just isn't connected to Bud Light or Mick Ultra. For the Michigan fan, it's that god-awful first half and the mistakes that will keep Michigan from playing a week from tonight against Georgia. And I know a lot of you Michigan fans were rooting for that field goal to be missed because if Ohio State would have went to the championship game and they would have beat TCU and they would have won the national championship after what Michigan did to them in Columbus and Michigan won the Big Ten title but then laid that egg in the first half against TCU, I think that's a marker Ohio State would have used and held over every Michigan fan, former players, coaches over their head forever. That's why when I was, well, I went and watched a game at Johnny Brands on Leonard West Side of GR. And then my good buddy Denny Middleton was playing music at Pup Putts on the West Side of GR. And I met a bunch of people uh, there that I knew. When the field goal was missed, and we talked about this earlier, the countdown for the ball drop in, in Times Square, they're going like 10, 9. And then you look at Ohio State, their field goal kickers running out. You see like 7, 6. I'm like, What clock am I looking at? And then he shanks it, and the place erupted. As a matter of fact, the bar started chanting F Ohio. 
The Michigan fan was giddy that Ohio State had lost because there's no way they could move on with emotion towards Michigan if Ohio State would have beat Georgia, a team Michigan couldn't beat a year ago, and Ohio State beat TCU, a team Michigan couldn't beat earlier in the day on Saturday, and the Buckeyes and Ryan Day were celebrating as national champions. That would have been a low point for the Michigan fan and probably the players and coaches. A low point in a year where you won the Big Ten and you dominated Ohio State, but it's how you finish. That's where we're at in sports. And the way that place erupted when he missed it, it was the Michigan fan right at the stroke of midnight to welcome in 2023 that the football god said, I will not let you. I will not let you hear from your Ohio State brothers and sisters that they did beat Georgia in the college football playoff, that they did beat TCU, that they did win the national championship in Michigan, celebrates with a Big Ten trophy and a win at Ohio State, but the Buckeyes are getting rings. Natty champs. That's why the Michigan fans erupted. They were hugging each other. And it wasn't because of New Year's. It was because the Buckeyes season ended on the same day. Theirs did. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman at Michigan. Part of the Michigan football podcast you can hear at thewolverine.com. He's a co-host of Chris Ballas. He is standing by on the Meyer guest line. And uh, Doug, you know, I know we talked last week and... I said, as long as they don't beat themselves in the slow first half, the questionable play calling in the first half, uh, J.J.'s pick six, really, you could feel the game swing. And then they found a way to fight back and had one of their best quarters ever as a football team. And they put up 45, but it wasn't good enough. The defense missed some key tackles in the second half. And... Michigan loses. Man, that that was a tough game to watch if you're a Michigan fan and a tough game still to digest. But, Bill, that's that's pretty accurate. And as difficult as former players, it's difficult because you watch the football and and we knew who Michigan was going into that game and what our strengths were. And at key moments, we took the ball out of our best players' hands and put them into the hands of guys that had very little experience with the ball in their hand and the mistakes happened, and it just felt like uh, TCU quickly got Michigan into a game that we were not familiar with how to play, and we're sticking to our guns, and we're not running the football. And you know, like you said, the quarterback makes a critical error in that first pick six. You cannot throw the ball behind your receiver on that out pattern. That is a pick most of the time, especially against a good deep back like TCU had. And then it just went downhill from there. The good news, yeah, uh, J.J. showed the grittiness that he's got, and Michigan never stopped fighting. But it just felt like as that game wore on and and TCU was calling out our plays before we even snapped the ball, it's like, wow, how how badly did Harbaugh get outcoached here by the TCU staff? They looked like they were absolutely prepared, had read Michigan like a book, and uh, like I said, got us into a game that we're not familiar with playing. And then you toss in a really bad uh, replay official that I do absolutely believe screwed us on that call. That was a touchdown in my mind all day long. 
But even then, uh, you just can't make those mistakes, Bill, and win football games at that level. And, and we talked last week. I said TCU is gritty. They're a gritty football team, and they certainly proved that. Well, you can just look at the drive chart for Michigan. Turn it over on downs uh, at the goal line. INT, pick six. Uh, punt, field goal, fumble, punt, punt, field goal. And even the third quarter. You know, they started with a field goal. They didn't score a touchdown uh, until the 744 mark and then went uh, berserk crazy. Uh, And then you get the other pick six, and, oh, my God, you had the missed tackle, and Michigan had cut it to three, and uh, just, you know, the speed on the edge. I I thought Sonny Dykes and his staff of TCU exposed the weaknesses of Michigan. And one thing that wasn't talked about a lot that was brought up afterwards, and you being a former offensive lineman, you know that three-three-five was notorious because that's what Rich Rod uh, ran at Michigan. Uh, but the offensive linemen looked confused on who to block during that game, at least the first half. Well, I, I don't, you know, the confusion part I'm not so sure about. But I'll tell you what TCU was really effective at doing. One of the things when you're when you're an offensive lineman and you're down blocker, you're you're double teaming a down lineman to a linebacker. Uh, and especially linebackers playing at depth like Ohio or TCU's guys were, the one thing that can cause problems is is when those linebackers dart the gaps. And so what TCU was doing, as soon as they saw their gap responsibility and that lineman in front of them move to double team, the down lineman, they were firing through the gaps, and that throws the timing off. That means your uncovered lineman has to leave that down lineman double team to take that linebacker sooner. And so when you're wondering whether the guy's coming immediately, is he coming over the top? Is he going to sit on his heels for a second and see? But TCU was throwing curveballs right and left, darting those gaps with those second-level defenders. And it was giving us problems, no doubt. There was one key play where Keegan, our really good left left guard there, just absolutely whiffed because the dude read the double team and was a, like a bullet shot out of a gun through that gap for a tackle for loss. And that happened time and time again. And it just it just goes to show again the TCU was prepared and knew how to take take advantage of the way Michigan blocked the blocking style that we got to be so good at. And we just never really quite adjusted to figure out how to effectively take care of that problem. And then of course you know the answer is when they when they load the box and take your runaway, we'll throw the football. Well, we know how that went as well. Yeah, I thought something you mentioned uh, at the start of this conversation, and Doug Skeen, former Michigan offensive lineman, five-time Big Ten champion, co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast at TheWolverine.com, joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. That you, you didn't you didn't put the ball in the hands of your best guy, so you're around the goal line those those two times, and yeah. you don't use J.J. McCarthy's legs to get you into the end zone or, or a quick slant. To Ron Bell, you you try and get cute with bubble screens and that stupid yeah. pitch, uh, halfback, you know, tight end pass, whatever. I'm like, what are? And, and even TCU said it afterwards. Once they had to use trick plays at the goal line, uh, we knew that we could beat them. Two two things stuck out of my mind as I was watching that unfold. There, Bill. Number one, Michigan's got the best offensive line in college football, and as a former lineman, I told my buddies who are sitting there watching the game, I said. If I go onto the sideline coming out of a timeout and we're on the goal line to try to get a touchdown here and that's the play call, some reverse pass thing, I'm pissed because I'm a Michigan offensive lineman and this is we, we just maul people. That's what we do. 
And so that that alone, uh, I think, you know, bothered me. But then, but then the the play call itself to put the ball in the hands of a freshman tight end who's never thrown a ball in a game, uh, certainly, and not not in that situation. The, the result was disastrous. TCU had that thing sniffed out by a mile. And then, of course, the young man uh, takes the sack on fourth and two instead of getting rid of the ball or throwing it in the corner and maybe getting the pass interference or something. Instead of instead of first and ten on their own two, now they got first and ten on the on the on the twelve. That's a huge difference, Bill. So again, the play calling killed me in there. And then on the other one, after we get the jam on the replay, you put the ball in the running back's hands who played linebacker a month and a half ago. How about you just snap it to JJ and let your big, strong running back get behind him and push him in the end zone like TCU did three times against us? How about you do that three times, four times? I don't care. Yeah, I, I, I just I it, it, that entire first half, especially when I spent earlier today at lunch going through the play chart, and you look at some of the play calls of third and four or four in the red zone when they settle and they're playing for a field goal and they're. They're down in the game. And I'm like, you just were sending a message to TCU that they can win it. You, you were doing that early, especially when you consider an Edwards' first big run, which, by the way, if you look at that replay, if he cuts back, if he cuts against the grain, he's going to go to the house. I mean, he, there's no one there. Uh, and, and you're thinking, okay, here we go. This is what Michigan did you know, at Ohio State, what they've done in the Big Ten title games. And – Man, and then the pick six, you could just feel it change. And then J.J. wasn't looking comfortable. He got the break at halftime. And, you know, when you have a half like they had, and you would have told me that they would lose a game, that they would put up 39 and a half and still lose, I would have bet everything I owned on that, that there's no way. And that's the, that's the other disappointing part of the, the way the game shook out there is, is TCU really exposed the edge of our defense yes. and, and the lack of strength there. They came, it, it wasn't between the tackles where they were killing us. It was off tackle. And, boy, they just made a living doing that over and over. And we, we knew going into the game, certainly anybody paying attention to TCU knew that, that wide receiver they have is a stud. That's an NFL wide receiver all day long. Big, strong guy that can run like a deer. He's an incredible player. And you get him loose in the field. You better tackle, you know, on arm tackle on that guy. You're going to get it done, as it did not do. And he goes for the big touchdown to put a dagger in the slate. But the defense didn't do what it did all year long either. So all these things that Michigan built the championship, Big Ten t- championship season off of, kind of fell to pieces. Again, TCU gets us into a game. We're not used to playing. We're not effective at what we do our best at. And we're we're trying to figure things out in a run and and. The stadium was noisy. It looked like there were communication issues in there. You got the two false starts when the center's not snapping the ball and everybody else is moving. It just, it just never felt settled. And in the end, you know, when the emotion for me, when the emotion wears off, I just take my hats off to TCU, their coaching staff, and their players. They showed up ready to play, played with an edge, and won the football game. Uh, with their style and getting us out of our style. Almost 500 yards of offense for TCU. Michigan, 527 yards of offense, and they lose that game. You tell somebody that at 3 o'clock on Saturday that they'll have 527 yards of offense, you would think they're going to win that game 45-21. You look at the – this is the big key here. Net yards rushing for TCU, 263. Yeah, that's – that's that you're gonna you're gonna win a lot of football games when you can run for that many yards, Bill. And then the other one, you said if Michigan doesn't kill itself, you know as well as I do, 
statistically in the game of football, if you turn the ball over three or more times, your chances of winning the game are 0.0, Blutarski. You are not winning any football games. <laughs> Only an Animal House reference from Skeener. Uh, well, yeah, the three turnovers is the other one I was going to say. And then here, here's something that I'll, I'll challenge you, that I challenge the audience on Facebook, Twitter, and on air earlier. Tell me a defensive lineman that made a play all game for Michigan. Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a tough one, Bill. Again, um, boy, we just weren't getting home. We didn't make that quarterback of theirs. He was tough and smart. You know, make bad decisions of his own. And JJ's double reversing, running around, you know, leaving the pocket. And uh, at times, I think it was a little unfair to to our offensive lineman when he did that. I wish he was stepped up instead of running backwards. Um, but he, you know, he's athletic enough to get away with that stuff. But to your point. I can't answer the question. I can't tell you that anything that sticks out. Now, I'm sure the Michigan defensive lineman, Mozzie Smith, there, there's one. Mozzie, Mozzie makes the tackle, strips the ball, and makes the fumble recovery. There you That's go. the play of the game from the defensive line right there. Yeah, and he had, by the way, that was his only tackle, two assists. Uh, Morris, two tackles. We're talking full game. Uh, Graham, who's played well as a freshman, one tackle. Yeah, those are – yeah, Mozzie Smith made – I agree with you. It would be the fumble strip. That's a good – uh, pick up yeah. by you, but yeah, just not not the dominant side of things and that edge speed that they said we can get to the corners. And when you look at the rushing, and when you look at the the missed tackle, turned you know you, you cut it to three, all of a sudden it's ten. And I'll give Michigan credit for what they adjusted offensively in the second half, but you know things you hadn't seen all year long. Some of the slow starts, uh, almost slow starts every game. Uh, we had seen, and they found a way to get through it, and they almost did against TCU. Now the question is, uh, the story so much isn't a loaded team coming back, Doug, is that uh, reports you know, within the last three hours are saying if the Broncos offer Harbaugh, he is leaving Michigan for Denver. Well, you know, I was talking with a good friend of mine earlier about that, and this is the, the Harbaugh of the NFL season. And I've said now since since a year ago, this would not surprise me. It didn't surprise me a year ago when he was allegedly leaving to go coach the Vikings. But I just think uh, whether it's Jim Harbaugh or Ryan Day or any of these big-time college coaches, this era of this NIL and transfer portal, I can't imagine how they manage their teams. And you just don't have any roster certainty. you got to play all these hats. you got to be all these different guys and and all these guys, if they just want to coach football and know that they got a, a roster that they can manage and and, and have some certainty, it, on one hand, I would not blame him one bit for going up to the NFL and chasing that Lombardi trophy again because he was so close before. And when you look at what college football and, and basketball and all these sports have to deal with now with these kids hitting the transfer portal and wondering who's going to come and go, and you don't have any control over it, I don't blame any coach for taking a hard look at the NFL or any professional league where you get some certainty in it and appears to be a more fair playing surface, if you will, uh, for coaching. Because right now I don't know that that's the case in college football with the craziness going on with the NIL money and the transfer portal. It's just nuts. So it doesn't surprise me to hear that. And if it turns out that Jim jumps to the NFL, that really won't surprise me a whole lot. And then someone's going to have to step up and figure out how to make this thing happen at Michigan. 
Doug Skeen won five Big Ten titles as an offensive lineman at the University of Michigan, late 80s, early 90s. Also a co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast that you can hear weekly at thewolverine.com. His thoughts on the TCU-Michigan game, the Harbaugh story. Doug, good stuff as always, my man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Bill. Go Blue. All right. Doug Skeen checking in on the Meyer guest line. And Meyer proud to be longtime partners with the University of Michigan Athletics. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So Holiday Hoops is still here uh, today, I guess, as everybody's enjoying uh, Holiday. So you need to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, not only Holiday Hoops with the college bowl action, Monday Night Football, uh, and more. NBA, NHL, just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code HUGE when you sign up. And new customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, which are pretty cool. You can take a big game, uh, put in what a player or team will do, and the more legs you add, the more money you can win. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Uh, use code HUGE when you sign up. Then place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app after you download it. And also use that promo code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash basketball terms. On the way, Mike O'Hara from DetroitLions.com. Senior columnist, insider when it comes to Lions in the NFL. We'll talk about the Lions game. Being flexed to Sunday night against the Packers. So Sunday afternoon from 4 o'clock on will be pretty big for the Lions fan base. You'll be rooting for the Rams to beat Seattle. And if that happens, the Lions will kick it off on Sunday Night Football in America against Green Bay. And if they win at Lambeau, they will be in the playoffs as a seven seed in the NFC. If Green Bay wins that game, they're in regardless of what Seattle does against the Rams. That will be a huge Sunday. We'll talk to Mike O'Hara from DetroitLions.com about that next. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. Get more for your money and kick off the new year with Meyer. Start your wellness journey with buy one, get one free vitamins or supplements. And enjoy delicious meals with deals like 80% lean ground beef for $2.99 per pound. Taylor Farm Salad Chopped Kits, two for $6. And Lean Cuisine or Stouffer's Frozen Meals, just $2.48 with Emperks. Plus, pay the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in-store or online. Exclusion Supply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. 
Bill Simonson here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach. Now, he's a managing partner at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in downtown Grand Rapids. They now have merged with Dorn Mayhew from the east side of the state, and they're stronger than ever before in the state of Michigan, the Midwest, and coast-to-coast when it comes to your accounting and business needs. Find out more at beancarter.com. That's B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Also, Tom has stepped up with... With $1,500 in cash in the Beat Huge Pro Football Picks Contest. Now, if you beat my picks just one week, you'll be in the drawing at the end of the pro football season for $1,500 in cash from Tom Rosenbach and Bean Garter. Thursday night game is always a freebie. You have until Sunday morning to play every week through the big game. You can play once or play every week. Do what you want to, but get your picks in now at thehugeshow.net. We played for the thrill, that rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Have you been to a Grand Rapids Gold basketball game yet inside Van Andel Arena? They're the Denver Nuggets G League team, and they feature talent from Kentucky, Baylor, Stanford, Duke, and more. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or the Van Andel Arena box office. And don't forget their home game specials. Tuesdays, two-for-one tickets. Thursdays, $2 beers and $2 dogs. And the Sunday Family 4-Pack. Get four tickets and a $20 concession voucher for only 50 bucks. Get your Grand Rapids Gold tickets now. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back live across Michigan on a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. When you download it, use promo code HUGE when you sign up. Now to get the hookups... About an hour ago, we found out that the Lions-Packers game was flexed to Sunday night, as I predicted when we started this broadcast. I just thought it had the best matchup. Rodgers and the Red Hot Packers. He's a TV draw. The Lions with one of the top offenses, 30-plus games this year, right there with the Bills and the Chiefs and a young team where I think next year you'll see a lot, maybe the most national TV games you've seen in the regular season for the Lions next year. I really do. They have potential stars in the making. Uh, Goff has played well. Campbell, I think, is TV friendly. This was a 1-16. When they showed that graphic before the Seattle game ended, that the Lions held on to that seventh spot until Seattle beat the Jets. And I just I sent out a tweet with a screenshot of that off my TV and said from 1-6 to this... And no matter what happens Sunday night at Lambeau, I said 9-8, and eight, play some meaningful games in December. Guess what? They're playing meaningful games in January. And if Baker Mayfield and the Rams, who have played pretty well, can beat Seattle, then the Lions-Packers game is a playoff game. Michael Hare, DetroitLions.com, senior columnist insider when it comes to the Lions in the NFL. He is standing by on the Meyer guest line and yeah, just think about one and six to where they are now. Think about from the egg they laid on 
Christmas Eve to the dominating performance yesterday at home. They've been unbelievable at Ford Field this year. So has the crowd. Yeah, they really have. And that was another big crowd, big enthusiastic crowd. And think back a little even further, you know, this team was 3-13 and last year and started this season. And I'm not factoring in the tie, of course. Three and thirteen, followed by one and six. Mm. That's four and nineteen. Think about that. Yeah, four, four and nineteen, 19 and one. Yeah. And what and what they've done since then, and how uh, how uh, Dan Campbell and his staff have kept the team together, kept the coaches together, made some adjustments, some tweaks, things like that. You know, two major ones. You know, changed the offensive coordinators, made a change in the defensive backfield on the staff. But uh, and you know and as they always do, massage the the, the the lineup, the players, and all that. I think what they've done since that start of four and nineteen, and one tie, and where they are right now, I think it's it's absolutely amazing. I wouldn't be surprised if um, Dan Campbell got some token votes for Coach of the Year. Although I just it's hard to warrant Coach of the Year for somebody who's at five hundred. But if anybody deserves it, it's a coach who's done what Dan Campbell's done. That's why that Seattle game obviously is big for Detroit, Michael. Sure, that absolutely. That if Seattle wins and the Lions are eliminated, you know, just human nature is a letdown when you're playing the Packers on national TV. I'm just praying that the Rams can win that because then that is a playoff game. That is the first test for this group in the biggest game we've seen with the Lions since maybe uh, their playoff game against the Cowboys and, and, and a young team. Uh, where, again, you watch a young team uh, not show up on Christmas Eve, but they came back home and they're inspired by the crowd and just some pride off of what happened uh, eight days before against the Panthers. And, you know, man, just just win, Rams. So that game uh, is the winner moves on for both sides. Green Bay is in that position right now. Uh, But just for the Rams to take care of business, they'll play a little after four. On Sunday, Lions will kick off a little after 8 o'clock against the Packers at Lambeau. That would be such a big feel in prime time. It certainly would. And I mean, I'm a little ticked at the way it's been done, by the way. Not that my opinion means anything. They're not going to close the doors down at the NFL headquarters or anything. But I don't see why they couldn't have started both games at 425 or 430, whatever whatever it was, and really have a true, you know, uh, not, not, not knowing the outcome of what happened to the other team when you take the field. I think that would have been the thing to do, and I think it would have been more sporting. I think it would have created more, you know, been more true, pure drama if they would have done it that way. And I don't, I don't see any reason why they couldn't have had Seattle at 425 playing its game against uh, uh, against L.A. and then the Lions and Packers at, over here at, you know, at Lambeau Field at the same time. I think that would have been the way to go. I think the fans deserved it. I think uh, football deserved it. I really do. Well, and the Packers uh, got it in prime time because they control their destiny. Okay, Packers don't have to wait on anybody else. That's what I'm saying. Why the NFL did it? Green Bay, Rodgers wins. He's in after their four and eight start. Well, I, sure, I understand that, but why not? Why not? All that same, all that same stuff can happen at four twenty-five too. Yeah, I know. It's, it's great, man. Absolutely I, the same thing. For us to be talking about the Lions getting flexed to prime time for the word playoff uh, to be a part of a conversation from where they were at one and six, what you said about last year, uh, man, uh, this is bonus time. Uh, I'm not into moral victories, but the emergence of so much young talent, how well golf has played, especially at home. Still can't believe he isn't part of the Pro Bowl. And you look at Hutchinson, you look at James Houston, 
You, you look at how they're stepping up, becoming uh, are, well. They are they're the, they're the two best rookie defensive linemen uh, slash pass rushers uh, out there in the NFL this year. At just a, you know Rodrigo in the middle. You know he'll still uh, miss every once in a while, but uh, the O line, which isn't getting a lot of love for that offense, what they've been able to do and battle through injuries. I mean. The storylines, and you're at DetroitLines.com, Michael, the, the storylines on this season are about a decade's worth of stories, right? You know, I could I could sit down at, at, on any Monday at, at, eight, at 9 o'clock and write until Friday at 5 exactly, and, and I get everything done. And I probably shouldn't say that because they might pick me up on it, but, but it, it's really, it's really a, stu, uh, a, a team that's... It's full of stories, it's full of good players, and it's full of good people. You know, one thing I was talking to uh, Taylor Decker after the game yesterday and talking about Jamal Williams just six yards short of getting his first 1,000-yard rushing season. And and just it shows you the, the, the connection players have among each other. Taylor Decker said, yeah, basically, I'm paraphrasing what he said, yeah, basically it's great for an offensive lineman. He said, but there's no player I would rather have get a thousand yards than Jamal uh, Jamal Williams. He said he's a great human being, the best teammate he's ever had in his life. I think that really speaks to how that team has kind of been knitted together and the way it's been assembled and the players that you know the players that they either signed or kept or made decisions on or whatever it was. But what they've got going over there really is something. Excuse me. That's pretty special. You know, we experienced that, you know, back in the 90s when they were, you know, perennial, or annual, I should say, playoff teams from 1991 to, to 1999. But this is, I think, they're building towards that. And in, and in, in quite a bit of, in a, in a fast way, I think they're building towards that here in Detroit now in this, this new millennium, new decade, whatever. Yeah, you could see when Williams had that big run late. Yep. That golf was one of the first guys down the sidelines, uh, giving him a hug. Uh, you know, before he was even up off the ground, it was really close. And just you can see the team is playing for each other. They're playing for Campbell uh, again. How well they've played at home, and even go back to how close they were to beating the Bills, arguably a top two team now with you know Kansas City maybe. Cincinnati in the NFL, and just uh, again since one and six, you know, you look at this season, it would be a shame if that forty-eight forty-five loss to the Seahawks kept them from the playoffs. Well, I was just going to mention when I talk about you know my little rant there on why the games could be those two games Sunday couldn't have the same start time. When you look at it, there was one game I think that mm-hmm. kept the Detroit Lions out of the playoffs. It's a forty-eight to forty-five loss to the Seattle Seahawks. When you score forty-five points. You're supposed to win. No, no excuses. No nothing. You're supposed to win that. I don't care how you do it, and they just couldn't. Amen. Uh, but now they get a chance. Uh, if if the Rams and the Rams are uh, they're playing good football with Baker Mayfield, so I won't rule it out. And it's not like they need the tank to help the draft pick because the Lions uh, get that first round draft. So I I guess I'll give up a. A couple of slots in the first round for the Lions to have a shot at the playoffs, right? Yeah, I heard some. Yeah, I heard something today that yeah, I want. Look, I want the wins. I don't want the draft picks. I think you play to win, no matter what. That's my opinion. Of course, it's not my franchise either. But I heard something today that if the if the Rams lose, if the pick is number four, or number five, something like that, 
and if they win, it's nine or ten. That's a you know, that's that's a pretty big difference at that you know that part of the um, you know that high in the draft. But still, I'll take the win over the draft pick any day of the week, especially for the opportunity it presents for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I will say the Rams didn't look good in the thirty-one ten loss um, to the Chargers, but the Chargers are again kind of like the Packers, playing as good as anybody in the NFL right now. Seattle's defense isn't there, so again, it would just you know Seattle. It's a playoff game for them. Uh, Green, and then Seattle has to wait on Green Bay that night because the Packers control their destiny, and the Lions need the Rams uh, to post a, a win on the road. And if they could do it, in Baker maybe knowing. That game could be big for teams that are looking for a starter or quality backup. So let's hope they uh, get it done. There you go. Well, yeah, let's hope for one thing. Let's hope that the game means something. Let's hope, number two, that the Detroit Lions win it. That's, that's, that's as simple as that. That's a very simple equation. Well, if, if the Rams don't beat Seattle on Sunday before the Lions play the Packers, now flex to Sunday night, Lions do have a shot to ruin Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay season. Uh, at Lambeau, which would, I think, uh, would be a mild consolation prize to the Lions Nation. It would be a mild consolation prize for sure, but it wouldn't be, a, I don't think, even a mild upset because I don't know, and I didn't really realize this until I started looking into it today, but in the last 11 games, the Lions, with, with, the, with the Packers, the Lions have won six and lost five, so including, you know, they've had back-to-back wins now, the last game of last season and, 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 and week nine, I think it was, of this season, they won the last two. So there's absolutely no reason that this, this group of Detroit Lions should fear the Green Bay Packers at any level at all because they've, they've beaten them in their span here more than the Packers have beaten them. So I think it's a great matchup. We'll see what happens. Mike, always appreciate your huge opinions. Uh, Happy New Year, and we'll talk soon. (laughs) All right, huge. Thanks for having me. All right, Mike O'Hare, DetroitLions.com, senior columnist, insider when it comes to Lions in the NFL. Joining us on the Meyer Guest Line, and Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with your Detroit Lions. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app, Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your first two deposits for up to $1,500, plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. Are you ready? The toughest sport on dirt is back for an all-new 2023 season. Join the party and come watch the Cowboys of the PBR Tractor Supply Company Classic ride the rankest bulls on the planet live at Van Andel Arena, January 27th and 28th. Tickets on sale now at PBR.com or Ticketmaster.com. The PBR Tractor Supply Company Classic at Van Andel Arena, January 27th and 28th. We might have just come out with our most refreshing Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer yet. It's called the Essential Collection. It's made with coconut water and real fruit juice. So it's always going to have a real refreshing fruit taste. Can refreshing get any more refreshing? Yep, it can and it just did. Michelob Ultra Organic 
organic seltzer made with coconut water and real fruit juice for superior taste. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer, IRC Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. segment on a live Monday broadcast. Thank you, Superfly Hayes, executive producer, one of the best in the history of sports radio. Hammer and Hank Hayes is excited in Rockford. Lions and Packers flexed a Sunday night football that came down during the broadcast. We'll talk more about that uh, tomorrow after three. Also, the fallout of Michigan's loss to TCU. If you missed any of today's show, remember our podcasts are free. All the interviews, full hours, and more available on your schedule. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart. iHeart? iHeart, dude. I, I live in Scotland. iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Also want to thank Johnny Brand and his staff at the Brands on Leonard off of 131 downtown GR. Awesome watching the Michigan game there. Great service food as always. Remember, uh, check out any game at your local Brands. You'll find the Brands in Bay City for those listening on 100.9 FM. Brands in Caledonia just south of Grand Rapids at 100 and the Beltline. If you listen on 96.1 The Game, our flagship station. Brands in Holland off of James and US 31. If you listen on WHTC, you also find the Brands in Granville. Johnny Brands uh, just west of GR also for listeners uh, who tune in on 96.1 The Game. And Mike Brand Sr. has the Brands on 28th Street just off the highway in Cascade east of GR. Now, if you can't make it out to watch Monday Night Football, the bowl games, Michigan, Michigan State hoops, Pistons, wings, and more, national championship game a week from tonight should be really exciting for everybody here in Michigan with TCU and Georgia. The good thing is for the Michigan fan, Ohio State missed that kick. That would have destroyed your sporting life. If Ohio State would have beat Georgia when Michigan couldn't beat Georgia a year ago, then they turned around and beat TCU for the national championship that Michigan would be thinking should be theirs. Michigan fans never would have got over that. Never, ever, ever. He'd be arguing about that in heaven. Then again, I don't know if Ohio State fans hit the elevator up or down. Not sure. I guess I'll find out when I knock on the pearly gates. And the way some Michigan fans talk to me, I'm not sure they're going to, the old Angels, who's the elevator usher, is going to hit the up button or down button. Yeah, I remember what you tweeted, Huge. Going down, jump in. (laughs) Uh, I can entertain myself. Superfly, thanks for coming in. Uh, We thought on what is a holiday for everybody with the Michigan TCU game with the Lions in playoff mode, which is tough to 
really believe that we would go live today, and we did. It was a solid show. Move fast. Like I said, if you missed any interview, anything, we covered TCU Michigan, Lions Packers, being flexed. Talked about Michigan's big win over Maryland. Nobody saw that coming yesterday. Again, just search the huge show where you download podcasts. Tomorrow, everything gets started at 3 on the Michigan Sports Network for the station close to you. That carries the huge show weekday afternoons at 3. Just go to thehugeshow.net. You'll see the list of stations where you can listen. And remember, you can listen online weekdays at 3, also at thehugeshow.net. Big. Bad. Huge.